everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Legion podcast. I am Mark, and with me, we got Jake. What's up, dude? Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good, man. Here uh, on a Saturday and getting ready to watch some college football soon. Um, even though I don't really have any allegiances, but I just like to watch college football just to watch it. But besides that, it's you know how it is. It's the fantasy football grind, getting ready if you're in multiple leagues, just trying to figure out everybody who is questionable, who's playing, who's not, matchups. It's Saturdays can be hectic um, because I'm one of those guys that I like to know that I have my lineups all set before Sunday for any last minute, you know, this dude's out. I got to switch it up. Oh, yeah, those those last minute adjustments are always the ones that really cause the most panic. Um, I'm the type of guy who's literally on the app for the first things through the season uh, every morning, you know, whether it's checking the waivers, seeing where the standings are, um, seeing who's dropping players, who's available. Um, and then just, you know, paying attention to the projections as well and looking at matchups uh, between my guys and my opponents. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm like you. I like to stay on top of it. I don't like to uh, be making these last minute panic yeah, moves. It's just the thing is that it's also if you're in dynasty league and you have defensive players, you got to be also on top of tackles, defensive ends, linebackers, safeties, corners. So you're just constantly always trying to figure out what's you know what what's up with these players, where are they? So that that's kind of it's it's all over the place. And as somebody who has maybe the best linebacker in in football with Darius Leonard to know that he's been out three freaking weeks because of the concussion he's killing my team right now but hey get mm. better <laughs> this is hey I was glad as a Raiders fan I was honestly glad to see him out last week because we actually surprisingly pulled out a W in Indy so hey man you know with a big player on off uh, defense and then T.Y. Hilton on offense gone that was a uh, pretty big yeah yeah for sure man so uh Talking about week four, I mean, we, we have some things that we want to do, just talking about the, the stars of that week, who was like a bust uh, or a disappointment. And then on top of that, since we are already completed week four, and as we saw, we had the Rams and Seahawks, which was the beginning of week five, we kind of wanted to do a quarter of the season MVP and a flop, <laughs> which which Jake is, nice. uh, yeah, which Jake is a... Uh, you know, he's putting, he's going to make this trend, the uh, FFL, lop, flop. Trying to get that coined, <laughs> trademark and everything, Absolutely. put it on some shirts. So, so, we, <laughs> so let's do this. Let's go, let's go first with, um, with some surprises. So who were, uh, who's somebody that stood out to you, uh, in terms of week four? Oh man. Um, the, the first one that stands out to me was the Eagles running back Jordan Howard. You know, we got a, a, a multi-headed beast back there between him and um, Miles, Sanders. Miles Sanders. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, up against a Green Bay defense who's been one of the most impressive defenses, not exactly against the run per se, but just overall, um, you know, 15 rushes for 87 yards, two touchdowns. That's, you know, that's pretty good right there. But then on top of that, he had four targets and three receptions for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. And Jordan Howard isn't really known to be a receiving back, which is what his problem was in Chicago. Um, yeah, and, and you know. the the thing that's tricky with a player like Jordan Howard, because I had him in one of my leagues, but I did not start him, because you never really know. The Eagles, with their running backs right now, are something similar to the Patriots, where you never know who's going to have the big game. Because the previous week, Miles Sanders is the one that had over 100 yards, total purpose yards. So you never really know who's going to have you know that big game. 
So Jordan Howard is definitely, I mean, he is more experienced. And I think with the records right now, it's a little bit more important for the Eagles to kind of have, I think, a little bit more of that dependability. So I can see, you know, maybe Jordan Howard being that guy to have more of the touches this week as well. But, I mean, time will tell. But, I mean, yes, he was a, a surprise, and it definitely hurt seeing that point total that he had on my bench. Luckily, we still won. <laughs> um, but besides the point, uh, a player that I, I really thought that shined, and this one really hurt me because it's the reason why I lost, was uh, Wayne Goldman. And Oof. I got I got to say that Wayne Goldman, this one, it hurt because I even called you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, what do I do? See, I, I even spoke with my wife. I'm like, babe, I got three options here. I got DJ Chark, James White, and Wayne Coleman. She had no idea who any of those players were, so I had to kind of explain to her, will you go with the unknown? Will you go with Brady's favorite, one of Brady's favorite targets? Or will you go with a pretty hot wide receiver right now going against one of the best defenses? She said, just go with the unknown. And I said, you're nuts. And... Um, <laughs> I called, uh, you know, Jake, and Jake was kind of. I even, oh, I, I even asked my buddy Hiram. He goes, "Dude, go with volume. Goldman's gonna have the most volume." Dude, you're nuts. So I did. Uh, I went with James White. He had a decent game. He had like 11 points, but when you only lose by one point, and Wayne Goldman had about 17 more points than uh, James White with 63 yards rushing, with a touchdown, with six re- uh, receptions as well, adding with that another touchdown. It really hurt when you see him scoring 27 points in that game. Um, but, yeah, Wayne Goldman, um, I, I will ride the train for as long as they have him. Uh, I think you're you're looking at Goldman for maybe one more week. I mean, Saquon's already practicing, so I don't see him. Freaking ridiculous. Yeah, like I don't see him playing. He's not going to be playing this week, and I can see them maybe giving him one more week off, especially against a very tough New England Patriots defense. Um, but I think right after that, I mean, just ride the Goldman train for these two weeks because I can kind of see the Giants run him down. In the mm-hmm. meantime, to you know, obviously they want to protect Daniel Jones, so time will tell. But when it comes to and yes, it did happen against the Redskins, who have a really really bad uh, defense. But I mean, time will tell. But a, a, a great debut in terms of being you know starting. I thought I thought Heck, he did. I thought he did really well. Heck yeah! Um, you know, and with Saquon out, like you said, for at least one more week, uh, there's really not much stopping the Giants from just you know carrying, having him carry the rock and just pound it, you know, for multiple 20, 20 attempts easily, and um, you know just get the most out of him before they can get Saquon back because you know he's going to get that same volume like you mentioned. Obviously, the talent isn't exactly the same from what we've seen that both of the players do, but I mean, when you put up numbers like you said, I mean. There's nothing wrong with starting Wayne Gallman while you have him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, do you? Do, what about another uh, surprise star? Um, you know what? This one was actually pretty surprising. I'd mentioned to you before we recorded. This was actually one of the few games I got to see because I was uh, down in uh, Fullerton, California, on vacation. Um, so, I, one of the few games I got to watch with my Southern California family was the Bucks versus the Rams. And uh, we've seen the Rams play. <clears throat> we've seen the Rams play since then. Obviously, Thursday night against. The Seahawks, but you know that um, Sunday night game against um, the Bucks. Dude, Jameis Winston went off. He was twenty-eight for forty-one for three hundred and eighty-five yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of what I was expecting to see. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before. But that was what I was expecting to see from this Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston, new Bucks offense. Was this just 
over the top pass, pass, pass. Um, you know, we've seen two wide receivers stand out to be elites in fantasy football with uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and they both had great games. Uh, yeah. You know, he had an interception, but it didn't hurt his numbers that bad when you have almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, and that one always hurts because for those who know, I have either I have Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston. I trusted Winston at the start against the 49ers, and the 49ers defense has proven to be pretty legit, and mm-hmm. Winston was a bust for me. Well, this past week, I mean, where they're going up against the Rams, the Cowboys were against the Saints. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Dak Prescott again, and he had an atrocious game where he only had seven points compared to the 33 that Jameis Winston had. So sure, I can blame myself for playing Gall- not starting Gallman, but I mean, I had a Jameis Winston one as well. So this week, I'm I'm actually choosing Jameis Winston against the Saints. Uh, because, for example, my, because my sub, my star of the week as well is Chris Godwin. Uh, twelve rece- and you know this is somebody that I have in multiple leagues of mine. So seeing twelve receptions for 172 yards and two touchdowns, um, he he just absolutely went off, and he's looking to be one of those favorite targets of Jameis Winston. And the biggest reason why I think is losing a player like Adam Humphreys. The, the good thing with Chris Godwin is that he's very versatile. He can play in the outside or he can play in the slot. He's mainly playing the slot, which is what's going to allow him to have multiple receptions. But I, I wasn't I would not expect the game of a 12-172 and two touchdowns from someone like him. Those are more, well, not necessarily 12 receptions because that's not really Mike Evans' MO. But, you know, I, I don't expect this. I mean, he he's already had Godwin's had a game earlier this year against the Panthers, which was eight catches for 121 yards in the touchdown. But eight and 121 is much different than 12, 172 and two. So this was, it was unexpected. And even though, yeah, you know, Marcus Peters has been getting burned constantly. Uh, a keep to leave. I mean, they, they have decent players in the secondary, you know, Taylor Rapp as the safety. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting this, but I will say that as somebody that has them on my team, I absolutely adore him. Uh but in regards to in regards to a disappointment, uh I got to go Josh Allen. And uh. and I know I know that you have him. I don't know if you started him. Nope. Okay, I'm really glad that you didn't because Josh Allen Ooh, 153 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Um, you also may it maybe have could have gotten better with him getting knocked out in the third quarter. Uh, but I don't I don't really know. Some people were, were, keep on saying, you know what, they could have maybe have won the game if if Josh Allen stayed in the game. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Ba- Barkley was the one that was actually kind of driving. Mm-hmm. So he, when Barkley came in, he he did look a lot better than when uh, Josh Allen was. Ex- yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, I was telling my friend Hiram because he's a humongous, he's a huge, you know, Buffalo Bills fan. And I thought, I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I think Barkley was the one scaring me more because he was doing the safe plays. And the Patriots tend to struggle when quarterbacks just do those safe plays and just take what the Patriots give you instead of trying to make something happen. Usually when you try to make something happen and your name's not Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't work. (laughs) And in this case, um, I don't know, Josh Allen is known for a rocket arm, but I guess he wanted to look sexy in front of Bill with all these little touch passes and three picks. um, And then the Patriots later on added uh, a fourth against uh, Barkley, which, hey, I got the Patriots in all my leagues for the defense. So I've been winning all these games because I have this defense, and I feel pretty good knowing that the Patriots are going up against Colt McCoy. 
uh, with the Redskins. Oh. So I mean, I don't know, man. The pa- the Patriots the Patriots have gotten lucky, yeah. But Josh Allen is um, and also I don't really think he ran that much. Um, I didn't even I didn't even write down his rushing stats. I'm actually looking actually. 10 carries for no I'm sorry wrong game 5 carries for 26 yards um, Did he have a rushing touchdown as he, well? He no? he did have the rushing touchdown that was that was it so that kind of helped but um the three the three interceptions pretty much negates those stats anyways so he was he he was a disaster so I would say that that was really um the disappointment of for me when it comes to week 4 Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Josh Allen, like you did mention, I've had him starting for most of my year so far. Um, I've trusted him for the most part, but up against that Patriots defense, I mean, he's only a second-year quarterback in the league. Um, He's had some bad choices. He's made some bad choices in the past already this season. I did not trust him. I actually picked up Daniel Jones from the Giants and plugged him in in one of my leagues. And in my other one, I actually traded for my flop of week four, which was someone you actually brought up just a minute ago, Dak Prescott. Um, I was so excited to snag Dak, and I started him, obviously, my first week I had him, and he flopped hard. He was 22 out of 33 for 223 yards and zero touchdowns with an interception and a sack. Um, That's just not something you'd expect from this Cowboys offense who's been going off. Sure, I mean, the the big complaint is they've faced all subpar teams, um, which isn't wrong. But then you face the Saints defense, who's been the dead last against the quarterback in fantasy, and Dak couldn't get it done. I mean, he got seven points, couldn't even get eight points. You know it's bad when Derek Carr has more fantasy points than you, and he's the number four fantasy quarterback of the year. Um, very disappointing. Um, it was my first game starting him, so I was very disappointed. And then he's got Green Bay this week, so it's going to be another tough matchup, and I'm oh, hoping yeah. he can – Hoping he could do better. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll be home, so I mean that could help. But right now, that Packers defense is mainly the secondary, has been pretty lights out, and so I'm it's it's one of those that I don't even want to touch, and I'm like so I'm I'm riding Winston, and it's really it's always scary because you never know what Winston you're gonna get. Um, exactly. <laughs> normally with a Prescott, you can know you might get 200, maybe one or two touchdowns. Like he he might not have great games, but he's had he's flashed a lot this year. But you can at least know what you're gonna get with Winston. You can get a game where he's gonna go 150 and four picks. So it's it's always I'm always hesitant, but it's either Lamus wins none or Jameis wins ton. So man, that was good. I like that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, Thank you. in, in you. regards to uh, before we kind of go into like week five. Uh, we have completed week four. We've got some stars and we got some duds. Um, so in regards to the first four weeks of the season, uh, who would you be who would you consider to be the MVP? Like your MVP for, for week four. I mean for so far quarter one. Well, um, you know, honestly, when I looked at the numbers it wasn't that hard to make my decision. Um I just laid it all out for me for the stats based off the full year. And as much as it hurts me to say, and you're going to love it, but the Patriots defense has been my fantasy football MVP. And I never thought I'd be saying that about a defense. But when you look at the numbers, they've got 84 points in fantasy. And the second best defense, which is the Chicago Bears, has 52. 
there's a 32 point differential between the first and the second defense in four weeks, which is freaking insane. And then to to make even to make it even crazier, uh, if you look at the numbers on the total of fantasy points, they have more fantasy points than the top five quarterback, the top five running back Alvin Kamara, and the top five wide receiver Mike Evans. You know, so when you're looking at a defense that's scoring more points than almost every wide receiver, running back, quarterback, it's really, really. And you mentioned it earlier, all the turnovers they've gotten. Uh, it's really hard not to give them the MVP for fantasy this year so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that that was my choice. Uh, I just didn't think you were going to go that route. So now I got to have to kind of <laughs> think outside the box. Um Honestly, I, I, I would probably say that my MVP, just mainly because of what a surprise he has been, I would have to give it to Austin Eckler. I think okay. uh, Austin Eckler was one of those guys that I was kind of looking at outside of the Patriots. I'm like, all right, let me let me kind of look for position players. And honestly, my, my, my mind was kind of like Eckler. Could it be a Lamar Jackson? Because Lamar Jackson right now is with – he's within four games. He's – at 120 points, so he's averaging roughly 30 points a game, which is nuts. Uh, you know, you do have the Patrick Mahomes who's having, again, another stellar season before this game, even though in terms of week four, it doesn't count with the great game that Russell Wilson just finished having. But before that, Jacoby Brissett was leading all uh, quarterbacks with 10 touchdowns. Yes, he only has 990 yards, and you have you know, like the Russell Wilsons before this week had about, you know, 1,100, 1,200 yards. So his yardage total hasn't been, but when in terms of points, I mean, in terms of touchdowns, he, he was leading the NFL with 10. So, I mean, he was also a surprise, but I think that I, I, I've seen many people's leagues have been saved because of what Austin Eckler has been doing this season. <laughs> and, I mean, he's been average, and he's been averaging around, if we're like 25 to 25, 26 points a game. Uh, I mean, he's pretty much every game has been over 30 besides one game. I think it was week three. He scored 15 points. And even that's a great game. Like any anybody would take a running back scoring 15 points. But besides that, it's just he's been he's been bonkers. So, yes, the Patriots were my MVP. But since you since you took it, I, I, I'll go, you know, Austin Eckler. Um, and I, I mean, I don't I don't feel that bad about it. And if you were to no. ask me, dude, Austin Eckler. What are the chances? I mean, I would have made a lot of money if before week one we put if we had like some kind of prop bet where he would be MVP after after week four. Um, now, ooh, so let's go to the the f -f -f flap. Ooh. Uh, all right, I I will say that week four helped this this player a little bit because if not his his season so far has been monumentally bad which is Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs uh I mean for the to regular season 13 catches for 200 yards and he has a touchdown uh and he has one fumble uh but with that if we're taking away and it's just it's so odd that the game that he had uh, a, a good game was against the Chicago Bears uh, which was his seven catches for 108 yards. If you take that way, if you take that game away, he only has six catches for 101 yards in three games. He's been, and for most players, I mean, he's the most teams wide receiver number two. And if you went very running back heavy in your draft, he was probably he's probably your wide receiver one. 
and you know producing these kind of numbers he's been absolutely catastrophic and and it's a shame I mean no one really knows I don't even know if he's gonna play on Sunday because of all these trade speculations uh or it, he just looks really pissed off and I don't blame him I mean Kirk Cousins has been absolutely atrocious um this season so I'm not I'm not sure I don't even know what his role is going to be in in, in tomorrow, it could be one of those games where he's just going to go off and because you know they're going to force him the ball and he's going to have one of those games that it could look seven catches 108 yards on 18 targets maybe they're going to force feed it to him or I, I, I don't know but I, I gotta say Stefan Diggs or just because I don't think you're going to choose this player um also Sony Michelle Sony Michelle has been a massive disappointment as well. Um, I don't. I don't normally. Put, I don't put it on him per se, just because the New England Patriots offensive line have lost their left tackle for the for the season. Uh, Isaiah Wynn with turf toe. They lost David Andrews in the preseason. Their starting Pro Bowl center due to blood clots in his lungs. And after Week One, they lost their right tackle Marcus Cannon due to a like a forearm in, no his elbow elbow or forearm injury and he just came back this past week against against Buffalo and they have a really good defense so yeah when you look at his numbers overall 62 attempts on 171 yards two uh, it's 2.8 yards per carry and two receptions and he's had no reception so far this season he's been it's it's been rough and for Sony Michelle again depending if you went wide receiver heavy in the draft because you were probably later on. I can see Sony Michelle being some some teams running back one, maybe running more than likely running back two. And it's it, it's been bad. Mm. No, I <clears throat> I hear you there. Um that's one person I didn't even think of, uh, Sony Michelle, because his name has been pretty fantasy irrelevant to this point, um, which is really surprising when you say zero receptions. That's something that's <clears throat> Really, um, obviously, James White's the receiving running back, but that, that hurts your fantasy production if you can't get a single reception as a running back. I mean, we talked about Jordan Howard earlier at the beginning of this episode, and, I mean, he's even able to get a receiving touchdown and three receptions. But, uh, yeah, that, that hurts. Uh, but I'm actually going to be going with somebody who just uh, – before we go on that, Stefan Diggs, you know, I agree with you there. Somebody that I probably wouldn't get rid of because of his draft value in the beginning. You, you picked him up in the third or fourth round, but definitely someone who'll be riding the bench for a while. Um, but I'll go ahead and move on to my flop of the year so far after week four. And I know I will give him the benefit of the doubt they had a bye week three. But it's someone who had so much hype coming into this year because of their monster year last year. And that was George Kittle, the tight end out of San Francisco. Ooh. Um, you know, he, he was, there was this, you know, the trio of tight ends that everyone coveted coming into the season, you know, obviously, uh, we got Kelsey Ertz and then it was George Kittle after his monster year last year. Um, you know, like I said, he's <clears throat> technically only played three weeks cause of their buy in week four. Um, and I could totally see him going off later in the year, but from what he's done so far this year, it is not what you were expecting from George Kittle with the tight end landscape that has been so rocky and just not really fluid at all. It's been a bumpy ride for the tight ends. And he's currently the tight end 14. He is yet to eclipse 60 yards and he has zero touchdowns. And this was a tight end who was known for, you know, getting monster numbers in yardage and, you know, at least getting, 
I forget the exact touchdowns he had last year, but he was one of the best tight ends when it came to scoring in fantasy last year. And he's just someone who has not really been, you know, he's had decent games where he's got the receptions down. But like I said, 57 yards, 40, 54 yards, he's just not getting it done. I mean, he's been safe based off of the receptions, but that's about it. And uh, when you've got tight ends like Darren Waller and Gerald Everett ahead of you that were basically unknowns coming into the year, I mean, Gerald Everett a little bit, but you didn't have high expectations from him. And they're doing way better than George Kittle is right now. It's He's probably my flop of the year by far. Yeah, George Kittle is one of those those interesting players because, I mean, in 2017, his his rookie year, 43 receptions, 515 yards, two touchdowns. He, you know, but again, that's his rookie year. You know, you got to kind of learn systems and stuff and that kind of stuff. It, it's 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 kind of hard because he was one of those players. Yes, he had a monster year, had 88 receptions, over 1,300 yards, and he had five touchdowns, rece- uh, five receiving touchdowns. All in all, I mean, those are some great, great numbers. The other thing is, is that the 49ers were without Jimmy Garoppolo. And they were using, I mean, they they Swiss, I don't even remember who the backup uh, quarterbacks were last year, and, and honestly doesn't really matter. But one thing that we do know is that tight ends are normally quarterbacks' best friends. And when you're playing, when you're a backup, you normally like to, you're, you're mainly a check down artist. So it's like we, a lot, there was always a lot of questions with Kittle is, is he this quarterback? I mean, is he this tight end that we saw in 2018? Or was it a mirage of just a really bad 49ers offense that did not have Marquise Goodwin at that time? And it could just be that he was, I mean, he had 136 targets. That's a lot of looks. Uh, so, I mean, was it was it volume? I don't know. But, I mean, per game, when you're looking at his stats, I mean, he averaged 86 yards per game. So, I mean, it is, it is disappointing. It's, I mean, I do know because I have a couple of Buccaneer players. I mean, I did see that 49ers game against the Bucks, and he did have two receiving touchdowns that were called back uh, on penalties. So, I mean, that that does hurt his numbers because, you know, that can completely change the the optics of, you know, of his stats. But guess what? They were called back, so you kind of have to go with what you have. So, yeah, that, that's actually a good one because he's been... I mean, you're kind before the season, it was... Kelsey number one, and then Kittle or Ertz can be number two, depending on depending on what your choice was and your preference. And right now, Kittle has not lived up to that. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we can uh he can do something about that. But we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean that's that's a great one, George Kittle. Oof, man, that one that one hurt. I'm actually really happy I didn't I didn't draft him. And yeah, and so far I'm looking pretty good with that Evan Engram. Um, hey, and, and Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper's putting up some big numbers from the tight end. Yeah, well, I have Ingram in one league, and then I have Waller in one league, and then I have Waller and Hooper in the other. So in my league, I, I start both Hooper and Waller because I would be a fool not to, based <laughs> on how those two how those two have been playing. Um, but let's go. Let's go to week five. And week five, let's do it. We got a player. We have a nomination of who is somebody that we would recommend to start and that you're looking into to, you know you're looking for big things and although I've called him with Diggs one of the biggest disappointments I think that this is going to be the week where Sony Michelle goes off um, they're going up against a very very weak Washington Redskins defense 
They are ranked 29th out of 32 in terms of total defense against the run. They are averaging 140. They're giving up 147 yards per game. I'm sorry, 100 and yeah, 147 yards and. They haven't necessarily given up the touchdowns. They've only given up three touchdowns, but, I mean, hey, three rushing touchdowns in four games, okay. But, I mean, if, if you've been seeing the games, I mean, they've been getting thrashed every every which way. And I and I can see that the Patriots, um, especially with a Colt McCoy playing, I can see a lot of three and outs where the Patriots are going to have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of possessions. And I think that this will potentially be the game where, you know, I can see Sony Michelle you know, get that over hundred yards and get that touchdown and kind of, kind of build some momentum because it, it has been rough. So maybe it's my, maybe it's my fandom talking in me, but I think that you can get a better, you can't go up against a better team right now, unless maybe it's like the Kansas city chiefs when it comes to rushing. So I, I would say if you have Sony Michelle, he's been a disappointment, but I think that this will be the, the game that he will uh, break out of his shell. No, I like that a lot. I, um, you know, he's one of those players we see he has immense talent, and for whatever reason, whether it be a, a, a injury dampering him down, but so he's just not performing. So I totally expect him to have a breakout game this year and against this Washington defense, who has been one of the worst in the league this year. I could totally see that happening. I mean, I have Edelman too on my team, so because you know, you know my fascination with. With slot receivers, I love slot receivers. I love volume, and I love and I love players that will just get a lot of receptions. And because sometimes, I mean, a reception is just as good as getting ten yards, you know. So for me, yep. you know, I rather have a guy get seven catches for eighty yards than a guy, you know, four catches for a hundred. I mean, it all kind of evens out. But at least I know consistently, slot guys will just usually get more points. Um, so I mean I'm hoping that Edelman also you know hopefully the ribs are not are 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 not you know that serious because if so then it's just being a fan aside then I would say that if between Edelman or Sony Michelle or like a Josh Gordon if you have them on your fantasy you know it's 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 reason to be concerned because of all the injuries that keep on mounting up but my but my selection would be Sony Michelle Okay well um for me, I actually have someone that um, has been really disappointing, and it's it's kind of been a weird year for him so far, but that's the Texas wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Oof. And he's had three straight weeks where he, he just looks not good, not like this elite wide receiver that was the wide receiver one in a majority of the leagues. You know, we've it was either him or Devonta Adams. A majority of the time, people leaned Hopkins, and that, me as well. Um, but he's up against the secondary this week in the Atlanta Falcons who got, you know, just burnt by AJ Brown last week. He went off, uh, you know, out of nowhere Yep. Um, with Keanu Neal, the safety out. Um, I think the over the top plays are going to be there for Hopkins. Um, we've seen AJ Brown look really good with a couple catches um, that were very Hopkins esque with the toe tap and then just little cuts when he broke out for his two touchdowns. Um, I could see DeAndre Hopkins making this secondary in Atlanta look silly this week. And, um, you know, it's just somewhere like we talked about a couple weeks back with Mike Evans, this elite wide receiver who hasn't performed outside of week one, he's got to he's got to execute and up against this Atlanta secondary, I think will be the week. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, after that one game from week one where he had 111 yards, eight receptions on 13 targets and two TDs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has not surpassed 70 yards since then. And he's actually had only one game where he got to the 60s. Besides that, he hasn't even been in two games. He wasn't even able to pass 42 yards. So I think that that is a I can kind of give him a pass a little bit. Not not for fantasy purposes, because I know he got a little bit banged up against Jacksonville. And, you know, he still, you know, he roughed it out, you know, five receptions, 40 yards. But it's been, I mean, for many players, he was the wide receiver number one. And he was a, a top 10 pick in everyone's draft. Uh, so it's it's really disappointing to see how to see how he's playing. I have him in one of my leagues, which is a standard league. It's non-PPR. So seeing a game where he only gets 41 uh, yards, it hurts someone if you if he's just in standard. He has not... He has not lived up to it, and yeah, I. If anything, I can even consider him a flop based on just because of expectations and where he was chosen. Because George Kittle, yes, he's a he's a tight end two, tight end three, but he was not selected anywhere at least in the fourth or fifth round. You know what I mean? So Hopkins, yeah, Hopkins is in most cases, besides the three running backs, and you know some even went maybe David Johnson as the fourth pick. You know he was probably a number five, a number six. And so when you're if you base it on that, I can even put him in the flop category right now. But, you know, that first game against uh, New Orleans definitely, definitely helped. And I think that, you know, I don't I don't think Atlanta, I think Desmond Trufant has been getting burned too much of this year where I can see him having another rough one. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's got he's got Atlanta, Kansas and Indy coming up with three pretty weak secondaries. So if there's a time for him and Deshaun Watson to kind of break out of this little funk that they're in, I think that this would be the three weeks to do it. 100% agreed. And um, one more person I'd like to really touch on that I'm expecting to have a good week this week. Um, someone who broke out finally last week, and I'm really grateful because I've got him in two out of my three leagues. That's James freaking Connor. Um, finally, you know, had a good game last week against, you know, it was Cincinnati, mind you, but they're up against Baltimore this week, who's allowing 4.9 yards per carry, which is uh, they're one of the bottom six run defenses. And, uh, you know, with that momentum from last week, finally breaking out, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph started, you know, again against Cincinnati, started to finally look like things were starting to click for that Pittsburgh offense. You know, we had two running backs who really went off. And uh, I would expect James Conner um, to really have a good another good game against Baltimore this week. Yeah, well, I'm actually somebody that I was thinking is is actually Mark Ingram going up okay. against Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, Mark Ingram didn't look so good in uh, last week's loss to the Browns, but I mean he's going up against the Steelers defense that has allowed 113 yards uh, per game and is averaging 28 fantasy points per game to running backs. So when you're now again, I mean that could be a little bit of uh, you know now getting a Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe that has helped because they did look good against the Bengals, but honestly, everyone's looking good against the Bengals, so that doesn't you know, so that doesn't really say much. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see here what ends up happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, James Conner, and also it looks like Juju Smith might not play on Sunday, so he's actually somebody to keep an eye out. Um, so he's putting himself as questionable, so it could be another really big uh, James Conner, and maybe Jalen Samuels if you're if you're looking generous, because it looked like they were integrating a lot of wildcat, which 
I, I feel that the more gimmicky you're getting on offense just shows that you have no faith in your quarterback. <laughs> and even though, yeah, Mason Rudolph won 24 of 28, I mean, efficient Why? I mean, he looked really good. Again, it was against the Bengals, but when you're throwing too many gimmicks, that just kind of tells me I have a quarterback I don't trust. So I, I need to just kind of do this kind of stuff, and hopefully when we're picking our spots, the quarterback can do it. But right now it looks like they're really just trying to, you know, protect the quarterback. So I think that Connor, uh, Connor, you know, he, he can have a big game. I don't see another, you know, really long receiving touchdown reception catch. But, you know, all you need is just those consistent touches. And, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, against, like I said, Baltimore's almost allowing five yards per carry um, on average. So, you know, I don't know. James Conner looked impressive last year. Obviously, it's a different offense this year without Big Ben or Antonio Brown. Um, so we'll see. I mean, he's been pretty disappointing so far and kind of got my hopes up with his nice performance against Cincy. But like we both mentioned, everyone, a lot of people look good against Cincy. <laughs> Very true. Now, is there is there one player that you would not that you would recommend setting? Mm, what, who would I recommend sitting this week? Well, just to give you an idea, if if you need to think about it a bit, uh, somebody that I have, which kind of sucks because running back is kind of my weakest position in my, all my teams, and it, it's a bummer, but I, I don't think that Josh Jacobs is a good start. Now, Josh Jacobs, he's he's on he's he put up a good you know twelve point eight fantasy points last week against the Colts, um, but you know he besides that he's kind of averaged about eight points his last three games and when you're going up against a Chicago Bears team that I mean we all know about their team I mean the biggest soft spot that the that the Bears have on their defense is receiving receptions from the running back but that's not Jacob's forte that's more Jalen Richard so I'm, I'm kind of like I don't really know where he's gonna fit in this scheme if you know if, if the game does get out of hand which it could because of the because of how the Bears are able to create turnovers, um, I mean, I I just don't see it being one of those those kind of games where Jacobs will have a big impact. So I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe them playing in London might create some kind of funkiness, and the Bears won't be the same. Uh, but I mean, when you're going up against a defense that allows a little a little bit more than three yards per carry, eh, I would I would probably stay away from them. Yeah, and that's all. Uh... I mean, that whole matchup, right, uh, the Raiders' offense against the Bears' defense. We've got Khalil Mack, who, you know, I still hurt for. Um, That's a revenge he's, game. He's going to cut someone's head off. Oh, yeah. He's already came out and said that he's trying not to let his emotions get the best of him. But you could tell um, in interviews he's got a fire lit underneath him, and he, he's he got something to prove. Uh, John Gruden um, – I'll, I'll go out and say it. John Gruden was pretty – I feel like he was disrespectful to the greatness that is Khalil Mack. Everything he did for the Raiders and um, John Gruden didn't even meet with him, which was, I thought, didn't set things off on the right foot when him coming to Oakland last year. But I still hurt for him. I still miss him. I think he is going to be out for a vengeance, like you mentioned. He is coming for someone's head. Yeah, I'm calling it. Like, I'm calling like 82 sacks. <laughs> Every tackle will be a sack by Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, I'm calling it, will be pull, he'll be carted off in the stretcher just because of all the bruises that he has in his body because of the pain that he has inflicted. Oh my God, yeah, that's that's a probably good matchup. Um, I can't think of any other worse matchups right there after you mentioned that because uh, the Raiders' offense isn't 
this, you know, unless Derek Carr goes off and throws three touchdowns in the first quarter, they don't look that great. Let's be honest. Um, I was really surprised they beat Indianapolis last week, um, but I don't see them coming out and throwing like they did. I think Cleo Mack's going to come out and start torturing our offense and it's not going to be good for anybody. Uh, and I hate to say it, but you know, when I look at Chase Daniels, I'm thinking, okay, you know, Chase Daniels led offense against a Derek Carr led offense. Obviously I'd lean more towards Derek Carr, but when I see what their defense did to Minnesota, um, I don't have much faith, especially looking at what Minnesota did to us the week before. Yeah. I, I would be very scared. Yeah. Not, not a good matchup for, I, if I was Derek Carr, I will, I would maybe call out sick. Because <laughs> this guy's going to get a spleen. This is going to look like NFL blitz. Yeah, we can call Mike Glennon, and then he can, you know, come back and, you know, take over and have his revenge. No, no, no. that won't work. <laughs> not not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Well, anyways, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up the show. That's gonna wrap up our week four MVP flop. And now our little intro to week five. Again, you can find us over at FFL Pod over on Twitter. You can find me personally at Mark Reads Comics. Where Jake, where can they find you? You can find me at Nerdgrounds. And um, I'm going to be showing all my awesome Disneyland pictures, posting up all the fun stuff I got done doing this week. Love it. And on top of oh, that, you yeah. can find all of our episodes over at NerdyLegion.com. So check out the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. And with that being said, we will talk to you guys next week, talking week five and week six. See you. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 